All right, I am excited. We are going live. As we mentioned, my name is Imfan Akpan, the professor. I am a professor here with some really some powerful minds. I have to say some powerful minds, some great minds, um, not only in the crypto space, in the business space, uh, you know, none other than, than the man himself, Underdog Crypto, is here. We also have a CEO, CEO of Moani DeFi, uh, Mr. Gael Gada, and uh, he is the center of this discussion. So uh, if you could just introduce yourself, your company, and, and just give us really your, your uh, overview. Thanks a lot, Professor, and thanks a lot, Underdog. Very happy to be here today. Yes, of course, I'm, I am Gael Gadan, the founder of Maoni. What is Maoni? Maoni is a DeFi bank coming up. What does that mean? That means a digital bank that allows people and businesses to save together, give loans, and even credit cards to one another, and invest in one another. That is what Maoni is, and that is what DeFi banking is. We are very happy to bring DeFi banking to everyone and anyone, uh, be it for people who are seeking credit or for people who want to build wealth by investing in other, uh, other people who need uh, financing. So in a short, in a short, that is what DeFi banking is, and that's what Maoni is. Thank you. Yes. and. And what, well, you know what, let me go to, to underdog. If you want to throw in a question before I let, let's throw, and we've got black root. Welcome black root. My apologies. No, no worries. Yeah. No questions from me, uh, uh, professor. Okay. Black root. You just, you just came in. Uh, we've got uh, CEO Gael Dada. Do you have any questions? Uh, no, I'm going to hang back. I'm going to see. I, I, will, I would like to hear what uh, I, I like to hear where we go first. Um, I saw you guys' interview, um, you and the professor, uh, Gael. It was really nice. Um, so, yeah, I'm just w waiting to hear more before I ask any questions. Okay, no worries. He now he is a CEO, and like all CEOs, their their time time is is money, and he he he's going to have to leave our uh, live stream uh, soon soon. Um, but I, I just want to uh, ask you this, uh, Gael, what motivated you to to start Moani Inc? Um, you could have you know worked with many different businesses, put you know went into different spaces why why this space why this business why this space why this business uh, i think the best way to go about this question would be to tell the, the whole story of maoni actually and it is maoni so how do we actually start this we started this as a credit union to solve one simple uh, issue which is many people were trying to access credit get loans from the traditional bank, but they couldn't secure any. So we said, you know what, we will build our own credit union and have better terms for our people and have better terms for anyone who happens to be our customer. That's how it started. But now from the credit union process, we moved finally to a commercial banking process. 
from that commercial banking process, we move finally to a digital banking process. And at a time, they were so clear that even if we started a bank or a credit union, or whatever it is, it was not going to solve the main problem of people, which is they just won't have access to credit. And if you start a bank, you will, stay, you will still check their credit score before giving them a credit, uh, before giving them a loan. And if they don't have the best one, you probably, you probably won't be able to give them that loan. It's all about regulatory issues. If you were to do that, you'll get into trouble with uh, the, regula uh, the regulators. And so that, at that time, we finally decided to really dive into a long series of interviews and focus groups to really understand the pain point of people and to understand how people are going about it now that they can get access to credit in the banking system. Turns out more people, most people who cannot get a loan at the bank, they still have the ability or they still get loans from their friends and families. Turns out many businesses who cannot secure a loan at a bank still go to their suppliers and get their items on credit. And so we said, if that's the way people are already using to get loans, all we need to do is to make it work better for them. The solution is already working for them, but we can make it work better for them. That's where this whole concept of DeFi in our case started. We said, well, we will still create our bank, but the differentiation of our digital bank would be, we allow people to do whatever they are already doing that's working for them, which is give loans to one another, which is invest in one another. But do it with a better technology. But do it in the heaven of the financial or the banking industry and the regulatory heaven of the banking industry. And so that's how we came about the, this whole uh, concept. Started as a credit union and finally what we are calling now DeFi banking, again, which is a digital bank that allows people and businesses to save together, give loans and even credit cards to one another, and of course, invest in one another. So that's the whole uh, story that we went through since 2019, actually. Go ahead, uh, Black Roof. All right, um, Gail, you know, one thing that I was uh, really excited about is, um, or possibly to ask you a question about, is that there are a lot of NFTs out here that possibly can be used as collateral for, like, uh, loans. And uh, when I hear about Melanie, um, I hear, like, there's, like, a huge opportunity there if that's something you guys wanted to look into because uh, I know there are perf uh, personally, there's other things out here other than, um, what is it, uh, Bored Apes, other than um, CryptoPunks um, that actually have a floor value that might be really cool to offer collateral on. Do you guys see yourselves as like some, some uh, doing that in the future? Yes, so that's a very good question. Uh, and thanks for mentioning that actually. So this is how we are thinking about our model using digital assets as a collateral is a main piece of our model uh, because that's the main issue with friends and family loans right there's no way to secure those loans if the person doesn't pay you back the money is gone so in our model we are allowing people and businesses to pledge any digital asset they have as collateral be it a stock a bond a crypto or an, NF, uh, an nft like you said 
And it's gonna be a very long process and a very interesting one because we are even going a little further than that. How? Not everybody has those digital assets that we are mentioning right now. Not everybody has them. Right. Most people have a car. Most people have a house. Or many people, probably not most, but many people have a house. Or most people have a physical asset of some high value. And so to all those people, for all those people, we are giving the opportunity to convert those physical assets into an NFT so they can use that NFT as collateral for a loan on our platform. So that's how we are trying to push a little more uh, forward um, the, the, this whole um, industry and NFT uh, movement. That's a brilliant idea. That's a brilliant idea. Um, one of the other things, if, if I may, um, one, one thing that I saw, um, I started researching some other platforms out there and uh, one thing I saw was um, that other platforms were having people uh, use collateral, but they had them over collateralized. And to me, that seemed to be like a really cool thing to do because you're more apt to pay back your loan if you're over collateralized, right? Like, you know, I'm not, I'm not giving up, you know, that 30%, <laughs> you know what I mean? If I'm over collateralized, so I got to pay that loan back. Um, so um, does that seem like something that you guys are going to do? And um, also, one of the things I noticed that other platforms were doing with the over collateralization, they were kind of offering a token to kind of like hedge that risk. Is, is that something you guys have in mind? Yes. So that's a very good point as well. Uh, our model, we are building it for it to be fully, fully decentralized. That means we have no say in whatever agreement the lender and the borrower are having or are making. That means we are allowing the borrower and the lender to decide whatever collateral they want to use. If they want need to be, if they want to require 200% collateral for a loan, we allow them to make that agreement, uh, to, to decide on that among themselves. We want to make this fully decentralized with no middleman, no person in between dictating the rules. That's the type of platform we are building. However, it's always a good thing to suggest the terms. And so the way we are going about suggesting the terms is based on the type of assets that the borrower wants to pledge as collateral, we can suggest how much percentage of that asset can be used. Let's say I'm using, um, I'm getting a loan of 10,000 from you and I want to use an NFT that's worth, I don't know, let's say 20,000 or let's say uh, 10,000. Probably that NFT doesn't have a pretty stable value. So I will say, okay, no, we, for this, we will suggest that for that loan, we may require a higher percentage in terms of value for the NFT. Gotcha. Or, exactly. So we mix those, we make those suggestions, but we don't enforce them. We allow the lender and the borrower to decide whatever they want to. Cool. So, so just so uh, I, um, I just make sure I had that uh, right. Yeah. So you you'll just make a suggestion, like you'll make make a suggestion that they're over collateralized, so that um, they can you know get the best out of the loan for both parties, but you won't enforce anything. Yes, we will not enforce anything on them. We just make a suggestion. Okay. However, cool. Yes. However, there's a, a small portion where we will enforce a few things. Uh, that comes 
when it comes to the, the, the interest on the loans, like every state has a, a, a law whereby you can charge higher than this much interest. Yeah. And so depending on the state of the person, the lender cannot charge higher than that interest depending on the law in that state. And so the platform is fully optimized for that. Other than those state laws that we have to abide by, we don't enforce anything. We allow people to really decide on how they want to conduct their banking experience uh, among one another. Cool, cool. Uh, I, I listened to, I know you have to go. I wanted to uh, briefly check in. There's there's a lot of areas that probably be a good idea to have a conversation about, because the first thing comes to me is uh, the wild, wild west of lending, right? Uh, we have um, a, un, we have a, a asset of loans, but as long as there's been people, there's always room for fraud. And there's always room for people to utilize that lack of regulation. And we see it in crypto market all the time to exploit other people. So some of the questions I know you can't answer today because I know that you have to go. But some of the questions that come to my mind is um, as we have this lending process between two parties, um, how can we um, protect the interest of the borrower or how can we prohibit um, the person providing the loan, prohibit them from doing things such as um, a flash loan attack, which we don't have time for, or other methods of fraud that are always going to be associated with any type of monetary system, even for trading apples and oranges, people always find a way to exploit those systems. So I, I do want to hear more from you about that, because I think that um, overall, what you're saying, this is a concept that you're that y'all put into uh, motion. And this is a different experience. So for the viewers, they need to listen to this from a point of investment. As an investor, is this concept that they're providing in this uh, company a type of lending experience that you want to have? Because everything has pluses, always has some downsides too. So I am interested at some time when you can come back with the professor. I would love to talk to you about those things because uh, that's the area that I think a lot of people, especially in accounting and other, is how can we protect our clients or ourselves from fraud in a system where there's very little regulation? Because the crypto market is a great example. A lot of fraud is happening because of these systems in place of the decentralized nature. Yeah. That's a very good point. And it's true that I have to uh, uh, leave in a few minutes. But I, I would definitely would like to uh, uh, provide a few points of answers uh, to your question. So our goal, and that's what we are striving for every day, is to build a safe banking system for both the lender and the borrower, for both of them. It is how we are going about it from the borrower side. We don't just wait for the borrower to default on the loan and automatically transfer whatever digital asset they have as collateral to the lender. First and foremost, we have various features to help the borrower reimburse their loans easily. That means I get a loan from you. Instead of waiting that I just default on that loan and you know lose my collateral, no, there are features that are helping me reimburse the loan easily. Second, in case the borrower default, the first thing we do is to collect that money from the borrower through a digital collection process and through a digital uh, through a collection agency, just like banks do. So we try that process first, and then in case that doesn't conclude very well, then 
that the, the, the contract between the borrower and the lender will be exercised, which means the, the, the collateral will be transferred to, to the lender. So we, we try to do that to, to make it really safe for the borrower in the first place. Now let's talk, let's talk about the lender's uh, side. The lender has little to uh, no way to to really to really uh, impact the borrower in the wrong way throughout. Oh, so sorry, one one second. Uh, yes. Somebody has some noise in the background. It's harder for for me to hear. So sorry. Okay. Is it is it any better now? Good. So the, the, the other side is the lender has little to no way to really um, take advantage of the borrower through our platform. Why? One of the ways they can take advantage is through a charging high interest rate. That's just not possible through our platform. One. Second, all the financial transactions are handled according to the contract which is set in the first place between the lender and the borrower. So nothing can happen outside of that contract which is set in the first place. And now everything from a technology standpoint, that is something else, which is every company, every platform will always try to optimize their platform to the best way possible so no uh, glitch happens in the technology. So we are taking all those precautions so both the lender and the borrower on our platform can have the best banking experience ever. And we like to think about the banking experience that both those people we have on our platform as being more enjoyable than social media. That's the joke we usually make. That's what we are striving for also. I hope I, I, I brought a few points of answers to, to your question. Uh, you did. Uh, may I ask you one last final question before you depart? Um, is this blockchain, a lot of DeFi programs use Ethereum because the Ethereum virtual machine it's built on smart contracts that can be reverted in the in the event that there's no payment. So what is this um, decentralized platform built on? And if, if it is it the EVM system? Yes, yeah, so that's a very good question. And so probably that's where we are making small difference here. We are, of course, on Ethereum. But no, we are not fully built on Ethereum. A very large portion of our, of our DeFi banking model is actually built on uh, Web2. Just simply, but a, a big portion due to the DeFi uh, model that we are bringing to the marketplace is built, a big portion of it, built, of it is built on Ethereum, but not the whole banking model. So yes to your question, Ethereum, but not only and fully Ethereum. Okay, I look forward to speaking with you again. Thank you. Thank you so much, Andag Dog, and thank you so much, Rob Black. Yeah, I, I, I've got I've got to say I appreciate you you stopping by. We've got the CEO, got brought the minds, brought the great minds together to have the discussion. So uh, it, it's been promised. We got it on record. We've we've got to have a part two. We've got part two to this. That is so true. That is so true. Th thank you so much for today for your time. Appreciate it very much. Oh, one thing before you go, if you could, how could uh, the viewers? How can they get in touch, learn more about Mo Moani DeFi um, and your company? Yeah, so the easiest way, you go to millinex.com. That's our umbrella company. 
Uh, there's all the contact information you need there. You can reach out to us anytime and all the time. Uh, probably the last thing I will add too is very soon we will start a crowdfunding campaign, an equity crowdfunding campaign. And that will be at WeFunder slash um, uh, Maoni. So anyone that was interested can also join us there too. And that's going to start next week. So those are the two ways you can reach out to us. Millionist.com for any information you would like to have. You can actually call us or email us directly. And if you want to contribute to our upcoming equity crowdfunding campaign, by all means, through WeFunder slash uh, forward slash Maoni. How much are you going to raise? Are you looking to raise? We're looking to raise five million. And okay. uh, all, it's going to all happen through uh, WeFunder forward slash Maoni. All the information will be there. All right. Thank you so much, Gael Gada, CEO, Moani. Thank you. Thank you very much. Bye-bye. Awesome. I want to thank uh, Underdog, Black Roo, Black Roo Investing for coming by. This is this is the part one. I also want to thank everybody who uh, stopped, stopped by um, and who uh, the comments, viewers, appreciate it. As promised, we're going to have a, a part two. So that this is exciting. So we have a CEO. You know, they get pulled everywhere. And I want next time to, to talk about the fundraising, so that finance aspect on how this fundraising goes and these rounds and, and how, how they put it together, how they put it together. So thank you very much. More information will be coming very soon on the part two and when that will be coming out. Awesome. Do you guys have anything you want to say? Passing words. All right. Well, everyone, this thank you, Professor, for being here with Black Rue and the Professor. It's, it's been a while, so I'm happy to be here. And um, Professor, just interested, uh, as you can see, the conversations keep moving, decentralized finance. Uh, I mean, five years ago, this wasn't a conversation. Now, That's right. That's right. this conversation has become a regular part of commerce. What's your thoughts as a professional in the accounting uh, uh, area? What is your thoughts about decentralized finance? Is there something here that we need to look into? Definitely, it it is going to it put pressure on traditional, I, in, in my opinion, traditional banking, um, traditional banking firms, brokerage firms, because of the liquidity that it provides. And what I mean by that, when you think in, think about banking, banks make a, a, a good bulk of their, or as to say many financial institutions make a bulk of their money through fees and holding money, delaying your, your transactions. And with DeFi, when you look at this with the lending, you're able to get liquidity, you're able to get money fast. Or, or you're able to have access to cash in that way, whereas through the more traditional, and I say more traditional because it can even be the online, uh, you know, banking, you know, there's delays. And that, and, and for, 
in a majority of cases, that's by design. That's by design. So that, that, that was a very good question. Can I add to that one, Underdog? Yes. Uh, as usual, Professor hits it on the head. Uh, I love it. Whenever I get in the room with these two gentlemen, man, <laughs> I swear to God, I love it. Um, both of you guys, you hit it right on the head. Um, Professor, yeah, like it takes out all of these fees, all these freaking middlemen that come through and just leech um, off of our money. And, um, you know, you and um, Gael mentioned it in your interview with him where you said, um, you know, it just rids the middlemen. And uh, I was kind of looking at Africa and some of the interest rates on loans where it was like 45 APR, like, my goodness, like they're 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 like killing our people. You know, what I mean, like 45 percent APR. That's that's terrible. But, you know, you, you have a system like this in place. Um, you know, it can drastically, drastically cut down on the interest rate that they're paying. And I also looked and there's nothing really in the space. Um, there are things in the space where you can do like um, remittance payments, but there's nothing really that I saw in the space where it's like, if I want to loan someone else crypto money and have like a smart contract and responsible, like responsible for it, I haven't seen anything like that unless, you know, I, I miss something. And, um, you know, I, I think there, there would be a really nice need for that. The next thing that I was thinking about is, well, um, you know how some people, okay, so like if you go over to Africa with an American dollar, you can make an American dollar do a lot in Africa, just like the same. You take American dollar and you go to Mexico and you can make an American dollar do a lot in Mexico. Um, it would be nice if there was something that something that that provided that for us i don't know what that looks like other than owning crypto right like we can do a lot with crypto here in america but like it would be nice if there was some type of dollar that we could take advantage of here um in in that kind of way i, I don't know what i'm thinking about with that it's just kind of throwing that idea out there and see what sticks but um yeah Sorry. Underdog, did you want me to share something? I was going to just uh, just uh, one minute to share a couple of things that for sure. the next time we talk, uh, Professor, if you don't mind. Sure. Uh, the first sure. One, I'm trying to see if I'm if, OK. I got it. Is that is that good? good? Yeah, I just want to bring us because the Black Group brought this up and I was going to bring this up today. So we're, we're on the same page uh, for those who uh, aren't familiar with over collateralized lending. I gave a brief synopsis here, and basically uh, one of the questions uh, where I'm going to bring up uh, when we do talk to their guest again is uh, when you have these decentralized loans, um, uh, there is a method in which you can kind of secure the asset. If you're familiar with traditional banking, you might put your car up and you might get a loan for $5,000. Your car should have more value than the loan you get. That way, if you default in your loan, the bank will take that car in possession in order to pay it off and auction it off to pay for that loan. And anything that's not left, you know, you, you have to owe. Well, this over collateralized lending for those who are looking at decentralized finance, I want to make that make sense. That is when a lot of DeFi use this methodology and basically what they're doing is they're going to take something of yours of value to collateralize, to, to secure that loan. And, whether, and what they were saying in this particular uh, conversation is 
uh, that he's going to give you three different options. One is digital assets, which is very new. This digital assets, BlackRue talked about the NFT securing that, and I and I and I think that's important. Second is real world assets, and I think that he didn't talk about the third one yet, uh, but it's in their white paper. So that's one thing I wanted to bring up. I think, Professor, uh, you know, especially in the accounting place, you know, that has to make sense to people. People have to really understand that these loans aren't free. <laughs> There's something that's uh, uh, checks and balances, and I just thought that was one thing I want to bring up to you. That that's a good point. And an, another in the in the banking world, I think they call it loan to value. So if you if you uh, think about actually on Coinbase, on Coinbase now, if you have you can borrow against you can use your Bitcoin as collateral. And I think you can buy I think it's a 40 percent loan. to value. So meaning you can borrow 40 per, up to 40 percent of the value of your Bitcoin. So then there's a 60% cushion, right? So, so if it goes down, you know, there's a cushion there, but yeah, they'll hold uh, 40% of it until you pay back uh, the loan. So yeah, this is, this is very, it's very interesting. It is, uh, uh, I'm really looking to see, he talked about real property so in real life, so your your home and thing, how that would work, you know, how how that would tie in in that space, um, and then how fast those transactions would actually go through. I think that would be um, interesting to learn more about it. Um, but I'm gonna. You've got another. Uh, yes, yeah, slide. Just one, just one more, just to tie into that piece because I. Um, uh, the next slide over, if you don't mind. Sure. Let me, uh, I hope I'm, uh, and so this is the, is. so this is the, we talked about the pro. We also got to talk about the cons. One thing in 2022 I want to do is as I talk about this, I've realized that a lot of quote, quote, so-called traders and investors aren't really traders and investors in crypto. This online, um, piece add into human behavior is creating a new space of thinking where people don't really have that risk assessment when it comes to online digital assets. They're, they're doing things they shouldn't. And we're creating this society of individuals who are wanting the upside of crypto, but they're not willing to take the downside of crypto. When, you know, when moon, when Lambo people. And this is the other part. Black Rue was saying, I wish there was some way that we could uh, take the value of something like the American dollar and get more of something else. That's called arbitrage, right? And when there's a there's a difference in a value, however, that same arbitrage is used to uh, defraud people in this sector of decentralized finance. Um, millions of dollars is taken each year through a way it's called this one's called a pump attack and arbitrage how you can manipulate the market if you have enough capital or have enough people to yeah. to uh, change the arbitrage from one site to another. And I give you a, a quick example. If you use KuCoin and the price of, um, let's say Bitcoin is $1,000, but you go to another site called BitTrue and the price of Bitcoin is 1,050. There's an arbitrage. Now, yeah. if I had enough Bitcoin, I could sell it all down on one site 
and the Oracle that's getting the price will show Bitcoin in that 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 uh, couple of minutes lower than what it really is because the computers haven't caught up on this decentralized platform. If I have someone else who can quickly go in there and scoop it up, that by the time you see it, you actually inflated the price enough on one site and lowered the price enough on another site to get equity out of it. That's not really there. It's, it's just a temporary arbitrage. This methodology is used in, in uh, defrauding these decentralized platforms. So I want to bring that up as well, because <coughs> as we look at positive. We also have to weigh out the negatives in these spaces. If we're going to decide as investors to look into these projects, we need to understand the risk as well. Yeah. I think that's very important. Um, and, and I think it is even outside of the crypto space, when you think about investments, uh, we tend to focus on the upside and not to think about the, the, the downside. So that, I think that's a very, very good, good point, particularly with, again, like BlackRue was mentioning, with the crypto space, you have liquidity, it's easy to get in, it's easy to, to, to get out. Right. Um, compared to a stock, you don't have a settlement date. Right. When you're buying uh, crypto. So you just you're in and out. And, and, and it is important to think about those. The, the downside that you can lose. You, you can lose. So that, that was very good. You've got one more slide. Uh, That's all I had, Professor, for today. I just want to bring those two the pros and cons up, um, and that's all I have for you. Thank you for letting me speak on that. I have one no, more thing, Professor, if it's, if it's okay. Absolutely. I got the, I got the minds here. That, that, that's the point. I um, I very much enjoyed how you guys talked about uh, also, um, Gael mentioned how uh, immigrants who come here get screwed over because um, they may have money, but they don't have credit history. So... Mm-hmm they have to get the credit history and they get screwed over on interest rates. And that was something you guys wanted to kind of, that's something money wanted to solve. And I thought that that was a really great niche to um, fit money into as well, because um, it makes, it makes no sense if you're coming over here and you got liquidity, but you got to get into the credit system and get screwed over for a couple of years until you can get the right interest rate or a loan, that's, that, that, that doesn't make any sense. But of course, you know, that's the way they, they quote unquote, they want it to work, right? <laughs> but um, this is, this is, this is um, a really good uh, fix for that situation, I think. Okay. Awesome. Awesome. Thank you. Any, any last uh, shout outs or con- contact? Oh, we got should focus. Okay. Awesome. Uh, he said, uh, I, I can't multitask with this. So I'm going to take a run, but okay. Real world asset would be correct. Okay. Gotcha. Gotcha. It's becoming more and more obvious. Uh, you know what your profession is in accounting. Uh, and I think that for the account, the people who are in this profession, it's sink or swim right now in the financial market. And if you don't have financial literacy or even start the process of, surrounding yourself with anyone with a little bit of financial literacy, even if you are given uh, monetary uh, digital assets, you're going to lose them very quickly. 
and you're not going to be able to hold on to it. So I think it's important for whoever's watching your platform, student, teachers, or those who are just here for whatever reason, what you're doing by being in this space, you should stay in it. Because no matter how I can be as great as I want to be in technology, I can be great as I want to be and create software. But at the end of the day, all roads lead to those zeros, ones, and debits and credits, everything. And I think that we have a, in this country at least, we have a really big gap in financial literacy. And the fear is one thing, but I, I just wish now that I had went back and as I was moving through this, learning the things I've had to force myself to learn now that uh, that I didn't know 10 years ago. I, I, I didn't start filing my own taxes till five years ago because I, I don't want to do that. Now it's so now that I have more, I'm trying to keep it. And so, <laughs> so, so I'm constantly learning one on one. So I, I'm really happy that uh, you are leading these professionals and, and educators and continue to be in this space because we need individuals like you and those who are studying in this area of expertise. I mean, you're really going to lead the financial market of the future. You got to understand this stuff. So I just I just applaud you and, and everyone who's watching your channel. Thank you for what you do. Yeah, and, and that was some good points, Underdog. And I thank you for coming. Like I said, I, I, I got to have the minds. You know, you, you're, you're both some very, very strong intellects, not only in this space, but when we talk about finance, accounting, and tying in the business. And you can really put, tie in the dots. So you, especially with those questions, going one side, the good and the bad. I think that's very important. And I hope whoever, if you're new to this space or if you're new to underdog crypto, you're, you're new to Black Rule Investing, you follow them as well and, and really dive into, get a taste of what, what they're, 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 they're bringing forth. Because it's, it's very important. One thing in mind, I mean, yeah, think about what, what, what gets me is, is the numbers. As soon as the first time I sat down with Gael Gadah, he was saying, well, we're raising, we're doing a round of fundraising, and I think this is their second round or third round. How much are you raising? $5 million. Okay, and, and, and they're raising money. I mean, they're, they're, they're moving, they pivoted. What was interesting to me was, you remember, they started as a credit union and pivoted to this space. And they're pitching and getting, you know, funding. So there's something there. So that, that's what got me uh, very, is those numbers. Cause I'm always wondering, where's this money coming from? Why are people investing? Why pivot from a credit union to DeFi, right? So, you know, there's gotta be something, there's something good there. And it's something good to know about, uh, especially so, so I think it's very important to to have these conversations, understand what's going on. Great point about good and bad, pros and cons. So you need to understand that. And really, you gotta. It's it's like it's like you're at the the water. Maybe you don't know how to swim. Maybe you don't want to get in the water. But you gotta at least put your toe in the water. At least dip it in there, <laughs> at least a little bit, you know, because otherwise you're still going to lose, right? Because if you don't understand anything, this stuff is moving around uh, quickly. 
I mean, who, who we were talking uh, earlier about, we're talking about DeFi lending, a couple of, two of you, we, we weren't talking about this. This wasn't even in, in the mind frame. Black Roos talking about, okay, you put up your NFT. Makes sense. We couldn't have talked about this a couple of years ago. And now we're talking about, it and it's here. So I think I think it is uh, very important. And you don't want to be, the, the last thing is, I think the worst thing is, you don't want to be at the end of the race, you know, yep. but because, you know, we're talking about DeFi, Coinbase, you can already get liquidity. So people are getting money. They're using these things for liquidity, borrowing against Bitcoin, using what, so this is there. And if you, you don't want to be, uh, that that's the, the worst pe- place to be is to be left behind, in my opinion. And you know and, what? Uh, professor, I'm sorry, go ahead, Blackburn. Well, you know, Professor, like, when you just like, it's just, it, it sounds like a lot when you think about it, but when you, when you, when you think about it, it's so easy. And you, you just look at some of the numbers on these NFT projects. Like, just say you got a 10K uh, NFT project and you sell it for $10 uh, NFT. That's a 100K right there. You know what I mean? Like, and it's the same because we got all these uh, NFT projects popping up. People just, you know, going out there and making 100K like every day. And, you know, unless regardless of their intentions, but, you know, just straight the money of it. People are going out there just making 100K every day off of a, a JPEG. It's kind of crazy. But, um, you know, the money's out there. It's, it's really out there. So if you think of project like money, uh, it, it can definitely pull like a, a 5 million, you would think very quickly. I, I want to just say this um, before we uh, close out, Professor. Uh, although for those who watch it, although you have a, a professor in accounting, you have a, a, tr- a crypto trader and investor, and you have a digital forensic scientist and researcher, we're not endorsing this project. We are talking about this from a perspective of knowledge to bring it to you. Um, uh, oftentimes, uh, people only read the headlines and they might read the title and you're thinking that we're endorsing it. And that's a problem because if we can't talk about it, I feel like crypto is the only space I've seen. I've had a now 14 months of experience in doing these videos. And no matter how many disclaimers we give, if you talk about it, people say you're shilling it. And unlike research, I've never seen it before. If I can't, as a researcher, discuss a project from a standpoint of good, bad overview, then how can we get the information disseminated to the masses? So I just want to make sure if you hear that, this is not financial advice. Yes, it's accounting, but he's not your personal <laughs> CPA. And uh, and this is just to go over the project. But by the time you finish with it, hopefully you can gather from it more about decentralized finance, the pros and cons, the risk, and what this particular project is saying they want to resolve and if that's something you want to do, consider yourself a venture capitalist because this project isn't ready yet. It's, it's, they're raising money. You're a venture capitalist, and that's a high-risk area to be in. So make sure you look at this content with that scope because if you're taking um, financial advice from three guys that you see on the Internet, you're already in a bad position <laughs> before you start. Also, on that same note, um, as Money is something that you guys do decide to like uh, crowdfunding and understand, just like Underdog said, is just coming online. 
So don't expect win moon. You know, I mean, don't don't be looking like, okay, where's my money? It's going to take a while for it to come, you know, online uh, as it does for every project, including Ethereum, Bitcoin, whatever, you know, so. Yeah, those those are some excellent points. And 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 it really emphasizes the importance of having a, a guest like this because it, you know, I, I believe in that one idea. So if one person sees someone else and they talk about how they're raising capital, how they're doing the funding, how they came up with this idea, hopefully that can inspire someone else. That doesn't mean that we're, we're you're, you're right, endorsing the company, but it's important to have someone who's doing it. That person is going every day meeting with angel investors to, to, to get money. They're doing the funding. So to bring someone in that space, tell you how to do it, hopefully it can give an idea to, to someone, maybe you want to start something. Maybe you understand something better. So I think that's, that's the key why we have these conversations and bringing these great minds, these experts in onto the platform to ask questions and to contribute and having it live so you can come in and, and give your comments and questions as well. That was, this is great. This is great. Thank you, gentlemen. Can't wait till number two. Yes, yes. We're gonna have number two very soon, very soon. So thank you everyone for, for tuning in. This has been a really great live broadcast. Thank you. Peace.